Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The match ball. Hello and welcome to the match ball. Oh, it's nice to be cheery again. We are uh, streaming live on YouTube for our uh, <laughs> our TSP Plus subscribers. I'm slightly distracted. You'll see why in just a second or two because uh, it's Dan, Michael, and uh, Moscow. That thing, yeah. Which, if you're on the audio feed, just have a check of the video and you'll understand he's what, wearing what's, sort of comedy what? specs googly eyes. Just in case I need to look at my phone, you'll still think I'm listening and oh, invested. So. Moscow, you're a bit far off, Mike. I do realise you can't see because of your glasses. So can you pull your mic up? And, I, can uh, do, I can do anything you want because we're all happy that we are. and joyous. Uh, what time are you booking your uh, your Joffy Gelhart tattoo for Monday? That's the question, isn't it? It was excellent. Uh, let me just mention before we do get into all that, Levi Solicitors bring you the podcast. Uh, levislisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball for your 10% discount on your legal fees. Into it then. Um, put your specs down. You see, this is a far better contribution to the absolute shambles you provided last time. Seven minutes of silence. I can put them back on. These are my listening glasses. Mm-hmm. So if you two just want to bitch about how bad everything was, Bit, I'll just put these on and uh, and let you work it out between you. You said to me, Michael, when you walked around to the car park when we met just before we came in here, he said, I think I enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I was basically really, really, really angry until the last couple of minutes. Yeah. Everything was just, everything could just piss off until that point. I was just mm-hmm. so annoyed with everything. Their goal felt lucky. I've not seen it back. It felt like it was just blocked and fell to someone who tapped I, it I in. think there was some poor defending in the run-up to it. I think Je- Harrison got beaten, didn't Yeah, he? Harrison was nowhere, really. But they did get a lucky break in the area for it to uh, to break to whichever arsehole scored and it just felt like nothing was going for us mm-hmm. at any point it felt like everything that was every decision that was 50-50 went to them him and Ed spent the entire game just rolling around and getting free kicks uh, it was good when he went down uh, when Melier absolutely sent him for a, for a hot dog that was fun that enjoyed, was good that, enjoyed I'm, that I'm amazed yeah. he didn't get a penalty for it to be honest he got every every other time he went on the ground he seemed to get a decision he could so. have gone down clutching his leg <sighs> ridiculous I mean the, the one he did it twice within about two minutes didn't he? there was one where he I think Cooper like laid a finger on his, his pressure which I know he has got a fragile skull but he went down holding his head for a while, which mm. I don't think was anything in that. And then I, I'm pretty sure Jamie Shackleton didn't touch his shin at all. Mm. And he rolled around for another few minutes. Around he did a full somersault when he went in that tackle with Shackleton. The head injuries, and we'll come into Leeds being a, like the best team in the world soon. The head injuries thing annoys me with Wolves <laughs> because I've never seen a team have so many in a game 
And it's all time wasting. It's absolutely clear. I know like Connor Cody, it hurts like to get a, a ball whacked in the face. But he knows he's staying down to get Be- the game Because stopped. they know the protocol. The protocol but is as also, soon as you hold your head, they're going to stop the game. And it was to defuse an attack because we were going to have another wave of attack, weren't we? But the boy who cried wolf is something that we're all taught at school. And mm-hmm. as a team that has had somebody with a seriously fractured skull. And they're bloody wolves. They should know all about wolves. I hadn't even thought of that. I was wondering where you were going. Yes, <laughs> the, the wolves themselves. Um, then you, it's the one thing, it annoys me in football when players are using the head injury rule to try and take the piss, basically, because it's one where if it does get to the point where referees going, actually, no, I don't believe you anymore, and it is Jimenez rolling around with his skull in pieces, then it's a problem. So enough of that mm. and enough of Wolves anyway. But I think um, justice was done in the end when the three points went to Leeds United. It, it did feel like, agree with you, Michael, it felt like we just needed something with a break, a ball to fall for us, a little bit of luck, something to go in off somebody's arse, just something to turn it around for what us. What part of Rafinha going off injured and limping down the touchline as if he'll never be able to play again, did you not think was like, our luck is in today? Everything <laughs> everything is going Leeds United's way. This is perfect for us. Well, there was, there was a, a moment in that second half, I think, you know, you know. obviously we felt, we'll get to it, on, onto it in a minute, but the, the crowd lifted hugely about 70 minutes. There was that, wave of kind of everybody realised we were in this game at 70 minutes and the atmosphere went up several notches when it had been a little bit subdued in the run-up to that. Um, and I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> the crowd was weird today because it felt like we were kind of up for it to begin with then they scored and it felt like no one quite knew what to do. I've remembered my point. Go on. I was just going to say I'd resign myself to relegation, that was all. <laughs> I, I just thought to myself, do you know what? This I thought the way that Wolves are playing, this hateful, horrible, awful Premier League the best you can ever hope for is to be mediocre unless you've got um, sovereign wealth behind you or whatever. You Chinese know. conglomerate exactly. in that case. Yeah, but, Look what, at the googly eyes, though. Yeah, Look I'd, at the googly eyes that say we're staying up. This is this is the opposite of what you're doing last week. You're over-contributing now, you see. <laughs> Stop it. Um, put, we'll right, have to refer well, you back to HR again. No, take, this take them off. Take them off. You you've already had an HR referral after last week's poor performance. And that performance review is already ongoing. Stop overcompensating, honestly. No. Um, yeah, I'd had resigned. I thought, well, you know what? Maybe the championship's not so bad because at least it's fun and it's not fun. It's not. No, it's awful. It's I realise it's it's awful. No leagues are fun. That's the problem. No, yeah, it's not. Is it? None of it is. <laughs> that was that was fun though at the end. But I did. Have, I right also had a moment end. like you, Michael, where it sort of dawned on me that I was enjoying it. I thought actually I'm enjoying it as a game, as a spectacle, as a game. Us going forward like this, I'm quite enjoying it, even though we're, we're losing. It's I, good to feel something, isn't it? Sometimes it is just for once. <laughs> just that moment where you just think. Ah, I'm so annoyed about everything. Yeah, but at least it's something, eh? That, well, that release when when that goal went in, I just started roaring expletives again. I'm just I don't want to annoy the algorithm and get flagged up on on YouTube or mm. whatever. But I just, you know, after we equalised, yeah. just I became uh, feral. I think I was shouting at, at the concept of wolves. Yeah, not the animal <laughs> to be clear. But the thing is, they've annoyed us. This is like the third game in a row now. We've had to be annoyed by him time wasting and rolling around and stuff. And it just felt like this was. Well, it was only a point. It was like, it was maybe the the scales of justice just starting to tip towards us a little bit because it, there's no way you would look at those the three games we've had against Wolves in the past season and a half and say we didn't deserve anything from, from those games. Like, we've been unlucky in all of them. Mm. And it was just, it was just well-deserved in the end. They've, they've got some good players. I mean, like, we were chatting in the car park before we came in uh, with the other lads who park here about, like, Jimenez, as, as annoying as he was, he was also very good with the ball at his feet on the turn. Like I, I admired his, his play in that regard, but that's lost. I was also simultaneously he just, he just hate, annoyed me. hating him for diving around like a, a prick. Um, 
so they've evidently got some players, and there's plenty of threat in that side, but they are quite one-dimensional in the sense that their, their tactic was to hit Jimenez and then to uh, run off him with one of the quick men, like normally Traore, or to hit Traore over the top and then look for Jimenez. Um, and it's not... and. It's an obvious tactic, but it's one that they're quite skilled at and schooled at, and it works some of the time um, against teams. But once I think we got it figured out and we pushed up and started exerting pressure higher up the field, I think we looked a lot better. And and the fact that they took Traore off because he was just not in the game at all, I thought was was testament to how we stepped up over that course of that second half. Yeah, <laughs> Traore <laughs> was never in the game. Cooper, I don't normally Cooper go about excellent. this, but if you want to go and empty Liam Cooper's pockets, you'll find his. Keys, his wallet, his googly eye glasses, and Adama Traore, because I think I counted there were three and then one kind of 50-50 superb block tackles that just stopped Traore from doing any Traore mm. things. And um, he was great. Yeah, I thought he had a good game with Cooper. Yeah, especially because he's a tough opponent and we've seen him be skinned by pace before Cooper. So, um, no, I thought he played really, really well. Um Rodrigo, I thought, was far better. I think he's had a tough week. I think both Rodrigo and Roberts came in for a lot of criticism across the week. Roberts did some very Robertsy stuff. At moments, looked great. At moments, kicked the ball straight into touch inexplicably. Um, and it resulted in a lot of, should we say, in-stadium frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked his bollocks off after coming on, I think. I was. I actually don't normally pay much attention to Tyler Roberts, not as much attention as the people who, who want to hate him on the internet do. But watching him today, it occurred to me, when we're talking about all that that nothing going Leeds United's way. Rafinha going off is one. And Tyler Roberts had come on at nine, having been dumped off for Dan James, which tells you something about how he came out of the Southampton game looking. I think, right, here you go. you've got your chance at nine. Started really well. And then within 10 minutes, he's playing in central midfield because Rafinha's gone off. It's like the guy just doesn't get any of those consistent But that minutes. doesn't excuse him kicking the ball off the field when he has but, a, an alternative to pass it to his friend. Well then, what about when he sent? Um, I know he held the ball I've up and sent Somerville to the wing. Plenty and of good stuff. What about when the the last kick of the day, yeah. the game, is when he flicked it just, down just, the line to Gilhart? We're doing it again. We're talking about Tyler Roberts. Let's well, you not. brought him up, so don't have a go at me about I, it. I, was actually, I, I, kept, I brought him up, like defending him. Said I thought we, we saw some Tyler Roberts in moments, but there's plenty of defending him. That's what you say every week. There's some plenty of good. There's plenty of good stuff, but a couple of really Tyler Roberts moments. But um, similarly with Rodrigo, I thought. Um, but well, I was actually it was I was trying to um, express a point of praise for both of them. Um, given what's been a difficult week for them both. like, And I think Rodrigo was completely absent in, at Southampton, but I think on reflection, didn't have any service. There was nothing going up front either, was there? But he, um, he was far more effective today, I thought. Last 20 minutes, I thought it was brilliant today. Mm. He was he was fine throughout the game, yeah. um, which you definitely could not say at Southampton. Um, yeah. It felt like a very different team. Maybe it's because of the way... There was there didn't seem to be any real midfield battle today. No. To, to win or lose. Well, it's because they were sat so deep. Because yeah. as, as soon as they they lost possession, they dropped into like a 5-4 and then there was a bloke stood up there on his own. And by the time the second half came around and at the stage, we didn't have any central midfielders on the pitch. I know we had people nominally playing in there, but you know we had a load of strikers and wingers mm. on the pitch and and a centre-back in Pascal Stroke who was trying we to saw, we saw pushing up. pushed up to meet them though, didn't they? Because they were so deep, the nine of them, that once our nine advanced onto them, it, it went far more in our favour, which can just happen but with a natural swing of a game, tends to go that way and we were pushing forward and the crowd got that sniffed in there at 70 minutes. It's also the way Wolves play mm-hmm. compared to Southampton. And I know I was trying to say it last week about the way that they pressed City out of a game and they beat Liverpool last season by d- doing what they did against us really well. And during the week, I watched our game at Southampton again. And one of the things you'll notice is that, or it sort of 
this is a weird way of putting it, but you couldn't see the grass for players. Everywhere you looked, there's players and no grass. And then I watched um, Wolves against Aston Villa, and it was amazing how big the pitch looked. You could see all this space and how far back they were and how much room they give um, Aston Villa to play in, which they didn't particularly use. Both teams were pretty dreadful in that game. And then I watched uh, the first half of the Elland Road game last season where Saïs, who... uh, injured Rafinha today and should have been sent off. That was his second. Um, he'd already been booked at that point. Helder Costa was brilliant against him. And if Helder Costa can be brilliant against somebody, you know, that tells you that there's a, a chance. And I think it's, um, you saw Rafinha in the first half basically running the entire game because Wolves just give you that space. They're three at the back thing, where Saiz is essentially a midfielder playing central defence. And then they've got the wing backs who play really high. They're nominally fullbacks but they don't really probably get back to defend they can drop into a five if they have to was just made for Rafinha I think that's why I saw you before we were going in and we were talking about Rafinha at 10 and I said I think it's going to be Dan James because he kind of ended up there at the Southampton game but then that was such a mess like Stuart Dallas was next to him at some point but he was always going to be much more um, and actually I didn't predict he was going to be number nine (laughs) but it felt much more like Rafinha on the wing where there's going to be space is going to work, and it it did work. And I think if Rafinha had stayed on, um, we probably would have won the second half. And he was amazingly good. Yeah, I the thought. only difference in the first half was Harrison messing up for that he, uh, goal. R- Rafa was on a different planet, wasn't he? He was he was so good, and he was everywhere as well. It felt it felt a little bit almost like back to the the bad old days of just give it to McCormack and hope something happens for times because it was just like he just kept popping up everywhere, and it was like he was. He was at left back some of the time. He was on the right wing. He was up front, and just every time he got it, you just sensed something was going to happen. happen yeah. the and only, then they uh, booted him, and he'll never play again. The only mistake he was making in the first half was giving the other players the ball. <laughs> that was my. There was the one where um, I think it was a good pass from Rodrigo, and he tried to lay it off for Harrison in the box. And I was like, just bring it down and whack it because mm-hmm. Jackie's not going to do anything today. And um, so many of those moments with. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about how many times Click missed with a pass and how many times God, he put obviously. it out today. Um, shocking. Know, shocking uh, a couple of shocking moments. Like, people groaned when Roberts did it, but, but Click probably got away with it a little bit today in that regard. Like, he, he deserved some pelt. Not pelters. I don't ever want to give our players pelters, but some of them, the really basic stuff done badly. But Click you know. deserved to look the way he looked when he came off. Because yeah. when he was substituted, he just kind of went straight off to the sideline and trudged to the bench with a face that was like, that just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, that's all that's all he deserves. He doesn't yeah. need stringing up or sending back to Poland or never to be seen in the team again. He just needs, uh, and he's been a bit hit and miss um, all season in that regard. And that like kind of, uh, that's why I was kind of thinking Rafinha needs to just keep the ball because that little, those structures of like Dallas to Click to Harrison, if one, if it's not one of them, kind of messing up it was the other today and it has kind of been a bit like that um, this season um, and that means you know if three of them are likely to make a mistake in the same kind of area it's it's very difficult to get those those things going but Rafinha the other thing with that was bringing Rafinha in was um, I think old uh, uh, Jacques Leton kept um, wandering into midfield and so we did end up with Rafinha playing much more of a right back role and kind of looking at him going like Mm. What are we doing here, Jamie? I wonder, we... I wonder that um, that positioning because I noticed this with the fullbacks. We stopped, or we seem to have stopped doing that um, little interplay, or maybe teams are stopping us. I don't know. You tell me where we get it and do the give and go down the line. Um, Southampton stopped us doing it, caught us in possession a lot more. 
Shackleton seemed to be looking for that. He was like looking for an out ball all the time and a lot of the time didn't seem to have the one that he wanted or he was looking for. So it'd go back square again and then we tended to look for a ball dropped over the top. There wasn't a lot of wing play today. I noticed that from uh, from our lot. There was loads of wing play. Source of frustration. Was, I know he was... He was, t- he was tending ball. to cut, cut inside though, I, I felt a lot of the time. There wasn't like a lot of that... The overlaps weren't there, for example, where they all... You know, they, they go for the overloads, the threes on two down the wing. We didn't seem to do that a lot. Um, you got better in the second half when... Yeah. Um, well, we started we did, to open we up, didn't more it? in the second half and when uh, Somerville got to the byline after um, Roberts held the ball on the touchline and kind of went backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. You think, what the hell is he doing? And then really got past Somerville that he cut across um, the box. And Rafinha got to the byline a couple of times. Shackleton did it at least once because he nutmegged their player and it was brilliant. Mm. Um, but then the problem was, like the only thing that anybody should have done after that is just give the ball back to Rafinha. Because that was that was where it all was, and I think you were saying before about the the second half and the dip, and it seemed like I think the team sort of went into shock after Rafinha went off, um, and there was about ten or fifteen minutes that ten minutes in particular that where the clock just went by, mm. nothing really happened in the game. It, Wolves hadn't really got really stuck into their time wasting, but I just looked at the clock and I was like, it had gone from sixty to seventy. And I was like, no, I'd not made a note. Nothing <laughs> has happened, and that was around the time the crowd started picking up. And I think the players as well got their head screwed on of like, I think click went off as well, um, which may have helped. Um, got their head screwed on of right, doesn't matter that Rafinha's not on the field anymore. We can't do it to, even without him. The last 20 yeah. minutes, something weird happened. Like Stuart Dallas became mm. old Stuart Dallas as well in the last 20 minutes. Because yeah. he, he, I mean, he was, I thought it was fine all game. I don't think he was yeah. bad. But it, across the season, he hasn't been particularly good has he and he's not been doing like you say those given goes it's, it's, like, somebody, it's like somebody lit a fire under all of them it isn't like Rodrigo Wilson last 20 minutes and Gelhart he came on and I mean how what time what minute did he come on for did I think he it was on? 70 but in the first 10 minutes he was on he can't touch the ball I think he got no. half an hour didn't he did uh, Gelhart just about yes he did because uh, he, he came on for oh what happened there was a <laughs> football match it was about there. 60 minutes I'd come just, uh, just saucer of milk uh, over on Rafinha's table at the minute. 63 minutes, Gerhardt came on. And right. I'm and I'm sure he, he must have touched the ball once or twice yeah. in like the first 15 minutes he was on. And, and then, then suddenly... He just absolutely came alive and completely took the piss. It turned into Maradona 1986. I mean, which we have seen. That's exactly what he does in the under-23. He dribbles into the box, gets fouled and wins penalties. And was lucky not to score before the penalty incident as well. Oh. It was a great effort as well, yeah. And I think it probably goes down as a really good save when he... Um, he did the right thing, blasted it at the goalkeeper. Not that the goalkeeper, he blasted it at the goal, and um, but it was the sort of angle that the keeper was. Um, he just had to go up to tip it over instead of whoosh, whoosh, yeah, to his side. Technical term, um, the whoosh, whoosh. But he didn't make it, Gohart didn't make it easy for him at all. It was a good save. I think one of the things that happened is similar to, because at Southampton, what minute did Somerville come on today? It was like, that was the 20 minutes to go on. Wasn't it? Mm, I think it was earlier as well. Fifty-four minutes. He, he, he replaced Rafinha. Mm. Okay, so Gelhart was already on. I thought it's all was coming quite back good to me well. now. Yeah, and but if you remember the last stages of Southampton, it was carnage with James at ten and Stuart Dallas seems to be playing right next to him, and everybody was forward, and it was very difficult to work out where everybody was playing. I think the last twenty minutes, some of that happened as well, where Tyler Roberts, instead of trying to be matches click just went and played up front again. And then Stuart Dallas, instead of worrying too much about left-back, went and started running. Into, he moved into midfield where... And Rodrigo Roberts kept like dropping out, out wide as well, didn't he, and finding space. So we just went hell for leather and started battering them. Which is what we used to do to teams. 
which is what we should do next week against Norwich and win, and that'll be fine. And we, we, we should need to win by more than seven. Immediately put That's um, my target. Joe Gelhart in. Just I was going to say before, um, I think Rafinha might be having a little saucer of milk for tea tonight because he has put on Instagram. Uh, shall I do this in Portuguese or the English translation? Mm-hmm. Um, go with English. Os melhores arbitros estão na Premier. And that means the best referees are in the Premier League and he's put a screen grab up of his ankle being kicked. It's a fair point. Yeah. I, I didn't actually realise that he'd already been booked at that point. I am. I, 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 the I, I, fact that's not a yellow. I mean, how we saw the uh, the rule in um, in the Liverpool game that if someone is injured, it's a red card, isn't it? So yeah. So that's why true. was why was that rule not invoked? It, you know? it wasn't uh, sickening enough. I did. No, um, I did puked. He was he was furious with Rafinha about it. You yeah, could tell he was well. really he was really pissed off. And then I think he was the ref was saying, "Oh, we'll we'll get someone on to help you." And he clearly went, "I'll hop off." No, I think the referee. I'll, I'll just, was, I'll uh, just go off, shall I? I couldn't tell if the referee was saying to him, "If you want treatment, you'll have to go over there." It's like I can't, my ankles are off. Exactly, and I think that was the conversation. And so it's like, right, I'll needed Jurgen Klopp to coordinate, didn't it? That's mm, what it needed. Definitely did, but we don't get those kind of things. There is the other Instagram uh, liveliness this evening is uh, Mrs. Harrison doesn't seem to be happy if it's related to the game. Uh, humidad donde esta? No, humidad does that mean hot? No, no, que falte respeto. I have it, had it translated by a Spanish correspondent. Where is the humility? No, not that disrespect. And then there's another, just a big angry face, big angry emoji with them. Does that uh, mean by him being re- re- replaced at half time? You just, I mean, unless she stubbed her toe on some furniture mm. or something along those lines. But um, I mean, I can only assume she didn't see how he was playing. I was going to say, can't really complain. No, he was. He wasn't very good. He was pretty. But he had that. Uh, Probably the best chance of the first half, wasn't it, where he got into the left-hand side of the penalty area and he alioskied it into the cop. And it was, um, <laughs> yeah, that was summed up a, quite a frustrating day. And was, has, that, yeah. has that verb been put into the dictionary yet? It has now. Alioskying. Yeah. yeah, and he just never, he never really switched it on today, did he? But we've got Somerville. We've got Joffrey. Came on very good. And we've got Dan James, who I think, you know, he's not going to make it as a, as a target man, somebody needs to tell Rodrigo he's little. Mm-hmm. Connor Cody's big. Only going to be one winner for those aerial balls. But I thought I applied himself well um, as a striker, and then was dangerous in the second half. And then we should probably it's. Uh, did, you it, think, is, did you think he applied himself well as a striker? I didn't think it worked at all. Uh, I could see what he was trying to do, but yeah. they could never find him. The Does, ball just never found him for something that wasn't working. He did very well at it. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the way I feel about it. He he, um, he was making. It's not that I'm not doing well. We were better. <laughs> it's that, it's it's that, that everyone else is not doing well. <laughs> we were better than them. So in I the can't first thrive. Time. Yeah, we were. We were. But, well. I didn't, but I didn't think that aspect of it was working particularly. I think they were, but going back to what I was saying before, like we stopped trying to do that little interchange, passes out wide. And there was a noticeable, like almost visually, you could see it. Like they were looking for that ball dropped over behind the defence. And I think that's what he was there for, wasn't it? To run mm. onto balls that never came to him. So yeah. um, it, no one was finding his runs. No one was seeing his runs. So and there's that, a bit that of that as well. That I, I, I don't know if. Uh, this is where you get into the kind of hype, man. But but you rente, you, and I don't know if it's a confidence thing in the team or it's just the way you rente prefers to play. But those extra touches, when particularly Roberts was having a problem with him in the second half, was making really good runs, and your rente's just kind of, mm, nah, just bang the, the, it forward at these people. Yeah, loads of moments in that game. I mean, um, where they weren't pinging at each other in that way that we do. You know, the water, yeah. the water's put on the surface; it slicks up so they can hit each other dead hard. And control it and do, it. and they just didn't do that. You know the way that Rafinha does every everything with, with that slight anger, um, and he hits the ball dead hard at people. We generally play like that. That's the idea of how we play. 
but it just seemed to be a little bit like today's call at the back, like that that you say that that ponderous touch, that think. And by the time you've met, decided to make the pass, and it's then the obvious pass that they've read, they'll just close it down, and then it's going back across the back four. And I think that's one thing we didn't quite get right. Maybe it needs a bit of KP dictation. Yeah, and but, but then I thought like Strauch was all right. Um, he was really good in midfield. Finding again, finding that little pocket of space, but then not having necessarily an out ball in front of him all the time. And you got you know you're not you're not not playing against another team. You have got to give mm-hmm. Wolves credit for for shutting down spaces, etc. But um, we could have just moved it quicker. I thought He's, at, he, at he was much better today. I thought in playing in that the Calvin ish position he, he, didn't he does just it, collapse at any point did he he does it sli- he does it slightly better <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he's, he doesn't <laughs> while he's good at passing it he doesn't quite dictate the game in the same way as, no. as Calvin does like Calvin looks like he's in charge of it when he's in there doesn't he he's constantly like well just give it to me I'm going to sort I'll sort it out of course I'll sort if it you out just, if you just let me have it it'll be fine whereas I guess understandably he's He's not got that confidence of of taking the ball, but yeah, he was he was much improved in there. Yeah, I, I thought he did uh, he did all right, um, considering he's not a midfielder. And his, his passing's good, isn't it? His range of passing is good. He's a tidy footballer, and he was pressing really high as well. Yeah. You, you don't often he was in see, the wing, uh, on the wings, wasn't he at times? Yeah, and pressing their goalkeeper right into the the penalty area. You don't often see um, Phillips doing that, probably for the best, because he's supposed to be defending, and he's all the way up there doing that. But um, yeah, I thought Stroik was uh, was good. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We were good. And it's just, it's a shame. I've not seen a replay of that goal. 
Um, I think Mr. Harrison. Where's your little telly? Oh, wait, hang on a second. Hang on a second. We need to. If you got it ready, it's been a while. If yeah. you are new to the show, there is a little bell here, which it was the gantry gong, wasn't it? When you used to be up on the gantry and you got moved into the back of the west stand, mm-hmm. had a little telly, so it became the little telly belly. Back on the gantry today. Hey. I don't know where I am from one week to the next. I feel like Tyler Roberts when <laughs> Rafinha's injured. I don't know where I'm supposed they, to be. They saw your performance on last week's match ball for the Southampton game. I did and said, have. Right, we're not having you sat in the West Stand. You're not getting your little telly. Your privileges have been taken. I had a better seat. Yeah. It's great on the country. Take his screen time off him. That's what and I thought. I had a, a pleather office chair that rotated. So imagine, you know, I tend to be quite zen during games anyway, but imagine the sort of uh, when you do have that kind of stress of a match, being able to take it out through the rotation of an office chair, just swinging from side to side. Like a, ch- like a child. You, are, you yeah. are the most calm person I've ever watched sport match with, I have to say, because we've obviously, during lockdown, we it's just... It's only a game and it just really matter. I was, I was absolutely fuming in the... In the but throughout, the, throughout this game, I was just screaming stuff. I, I was staring into the abyss at times, as I said. I, I was like thinking, I said, fine, I'm done with football. That's it. That's it. I'm, it's over. If there's we get relegated, I don't, I don't want to be in the championship. There's a bit of necessary decorum and manners, I think, when you are next to somebody who's doing a live television commentary, <laughs> you, you need to kind of rein it in a little bit. But I can, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing is, you you know, you're sort of sitting on an office chair, there's nobody to cuddle. <laughs> so <laughs> That was quite bleak. Um, no one to hold me. <laughs> so I did just have to watch the, the penalty. Um, and uh, yeah, I did time at the table when it was given. And then I had a, I had a real drop. I mean, you, you know, you may call me as, a, as an optimistic person. I've tried to correct this uh, misconception. It's sickening. by just saying it's kind of sickening. It's more realism in that you know, existence is meaningless, so it doesn't matter. But um, I, it all all the the joy of the penalty being given dropped out of me because I looked at the team and I thought I don't want a single one of these players yeah. <laughs> to even consider no. taking this penalty. And I was like, oh no! And there was a little bit when um, Roberts <laughs> went to Rodrigo. And was just having a, it wasn't an argument, even the slightest. It was just kind of, uh, there was obviously a discussion of who's taken it. And it kind of came down to those two. And Roberts was like, you, sh- you sure? Uh, very. You want me to? Very. And he was sure. And then, and you know, to indicate how little argument there was, he just went, right, cool. And then went over and he went straight and gave like a high 10 to Gelhart for, for winning it. But I just couldn't think, even Rodrigo with the ball in his hands was not, just, <laughs> I didn't, I was, I didn't need him to miss. Yeah, I must admit, I was, I I was feeling... Very uneasy about the penalty, I have mm. to say. Can I, just regards to the penalty, how did you watch it? Uh, I, at one point, so I've got my hoodie on today. So I pulled, I'm just pulling it up now. I pulled, so my nose was inside my hoodie. Then I pulled the hood up. Will it go over my headphones? I'm not sure. <laughs> so I looked like, what's the kid? Uh, is it Kenny off South Park? Mm. Like that. Uh, so I started watching it with my hands in front of my hoodie, uh, which is why I sound funny now. Like that. And then just as he started his run up, I thought, no, be brave. Watch this penalty. Went, fucking come on! And then he scored. And that was good, so. Yeah, I watched it. I just, I was... What were you thinking in the, what were you thinking in the run-up to it when they were sorting it out? I I was thinking, whoever takes it, well, I was thinking, if Tyler Roberts gets it, he's going over the bar. Mm-hmm. When I saw it was Rodrigo, for some reason, I had visions of him putting it straight down the middle and the yeah. keeper standing still. It was mm. going to be a weak one and the keeper would just kind of lean down. People normally it. put... I'm sure I've seen some vague research on this before or listened to someone who knew what they were talking about. But... Late in games, people are far more likely to put game put penalties straight down the middle. Mm. I don't know if it's tiredness or whether it's a safe option or what, yeah. but I was fully expecting him to do that. But mm. um, it was it was a good penalty. It was a good penalty. Yeah. I watched it. Uh, the, the googly eye glasses went. I I was able to to watch it in in calm. 
Um, uh, before I t- I'm going to talk about Gelhart, by the way, because we haven't really done enough on him yet. But um, before we do, let me just go to the comments of Bruno Large, their manager. He said, we were in control. This is about the Leeds equaliser. Lies. Uh, we were in control. Won the game. No. Oh, sorry, won the, la- won the last game with a goal at the end. Today we dropped two points. It was very soft. It was a very soft goal to concede. We gave the player a chance to turn, which is correct. Uh, very soft to go on the floor. This is football. Very soft to go on the floor. This tell is it, tell Wol- it to your number nine. Wolverhampton manager. With the soft skull. Bruno Large. I take that back. I'm sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> Very soft to go on the floor. That was naughty, Moscow. Can't take it back now, though. Um, so, yeah, he can piss off, can't he? Basically, they win. Yeah. I mean, we have seen Gelhart in the under-23s. He does win a lot of penalties in a, in a, way, that, in a way that is a bit sneaky. He, yeah. can, he, he knows where to put his feet so that the defenders have to kick him. Or do something to him. The other thing, and this is putting it out of penalties, and we should get back to Joffy, and he's brilliant soon. But what I learned from watching the uh, Villa Wolves game last week was we thought us getting no luck whatsoever and Rafinha getting injured and everything that's kind of happened with all our injuries this season. There's a lot of misfortunes surrounding the, the poor performances. Like Southampton was bad, but, you know, things ain't been going our way this year in a, a multitude of different ways. And there was a bit of um, fear about, oh, Wolves came back 3-2, beat Villa. Like, all that happened there is that Villa can't defend second balls on corners. Mm. Those were the two to get it back to 2-2. And a deflected and then, free kick. And, and, got, and they've the got Tyrone Mings as well. It's the last... He was awful. Yeah. He is awful. But sometimes... Uh, and that's... Sometimes you look at our team and you think all the criticism that someone like Liam Cooper gets, you know, he does do things wrong. But then you look at Tyrone Mings, he's an England international, and he was all he was doing against Wolves last week was just booting the ball up in the air. <laughs> Villa got Villa went two nil went one nil up and then turned awful as if they didn't know how to play in the lead. And then they conceded they got on uh, they scored another one that was completely lucky because Huang, who scored from the day, just gave the ball to McGinn and he he pelted it in. But then yeah, last kick of the game, a deflected free kick that was going off target and just hit somebody's head and went in. When and that's Game over. All the luck that you need there for Wolves. None of that has gone Leeds United's way until Joffe finally. Not only, I mean, I think I don't know if he was waiting to be kicked when he was dribbling the ball like for ten minutes in the penalty area on at least two previous occasions. That, we're wondering where the game went. Joffe's got the ball. <laughs> um, like kid in the playground who's not letting anybody else have a turn. But you're looking for a turning point or a moment or something to happen to just get things going our way and it's obviously it's not Rafinha with his done ankle I'm almost I'll put that today's result I'm almost happier it was a draw than a win in a really weird way I feel like that equalising penalty was perfectly for what we needed it's just the the pill we needed I don't think a winner would have even had the same impact for some reason I think you're wrong I think (laughs) I think if that last one that trickled past the post Mm. had gone in the roof would have come off the fucking place. Mm, yeah, I agree. But I know, I know what you're saying, actually. Like, it it was the perfect tonic is is what you're getting at, isn't it? It was yeah. just the right thing at the right time. Maybe the, the better way of phrasing it then is that it doesn't matter that it only got us a draw. Mm. Like, we a win a win wouldn't have given us any more in terms of that look turning um, and that big kind of relief moment because I think we all feel pretty happy. Mm. And I didn't see any Leeds fans at the end of the game coming out looking miserable. So can I just say about that on that what's point, the point of winning? Just while it's on my mind, uh, my dad left at eighty-nine minutes and thirty seconds. Why does he do this? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm surprised it, he stayed that in long. In fairness, he, he he fell over and hurt his back this week, so he was in agony throughout most of that game. You know, like when everyone starts to stand up when stuff's happening. Like is that why he wasn't in, in central corners. midfield? Yeah, 
Starts, and he was like, oh my God. So he, he sort of potted down, I think, about 20 minutes to go um, and watched the majority of it downstairs. But he, he just thought, I'm off now, 89.30. He rang me afterwards. He said, I heard like a roar, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Dear me. Yeah, I, I, I think it is, it is. I mean, we'll we'll know when it later in the season, won't we? But it felt like it was, it was certainly enough of a reaction to the Southampton game that I think everyone is going to calm down for a week because yeah. it, the Southampton game was awful. There's no point hiding it's, it's it. Like, you, can't, you can't hide the fact no one played well. There was no sort of cohesion to it at all. We couldn't string passes together. There was there was zero threat from any of our players. And then mm-hmm. today, all of a sudden, we've got, all, we finished the game looking like if that had gone on for another five minutes, we would have won it. And we should have, we should have won it anyway. They, I mean, the goal aside, they, would, they didn't have any shots. No, they just invited us on to them for an hour yeah. or more. Yeah. But they, they had no interest in attacking. And when they did, we dealt with it. Basically, nothing happened. I mean, yeah. Jimenez is meant to be. I know he's. I know he's kind of coming back from a serious injury, but at one point he was one of the best strikers in the Premier League. And really, other than rolling around a lot, he didn't. He didn't create any real threat. No. Traore, for all his slippiness, was you know dealt with by Liam Cooper quite well. Mm. There was one really good Cooper challenge right in the centre circle on yeah. on Traore, which was great. So. And the the thing to add to that is that Wolves are much more representative of what goes on in the division than Southampton. Mm. Um, they all, they're weird because they're the only team... Didn't they lose 9-0 twice yeah. last yes. season? They can do that, but then one of those was against Scum, wasn't one it? One was against Leicester. Mm. So they, I think they were in different seasons, actually. Okay. I think one might have been at the end of the COVID, yeah. but first not COVID really season. Changed, but they've not really changed since Hassan went in. and But then they'll play against Scum and keep them down and only lose narrowly and they'll do that with Liverpool I think they've been done 3-0 by Liverpool but they've also beaten them and you don't get that from um, many teams of that ilk like Newcastle aren't losing mm. one game and then winning the other under yeah. Steve Bruce as well. they just reliably lose to better teams and yeah. occasionally beat teams around whereas them. when Southampton turn it mm. on City can't beat them Liverpool can't beat them mm-hmm. Scum can't beat them um, Chelsea struggled against them until they went down to 10 but then on another day they'll turn up and they'll lose nine nil. They're kind of they're that weird, unique kind of Hassan Hill erratic, a, a genius yeah. um, idea of it's all that that counter pressing thing. Nobody else is doing it. Wolves, we'll see a lot more teams like Wolves. The problem so far this season is we've been playing teams like Wolves and not getting results. Today we could have beaten them. We were good enough to beat them. There's still those issues of like why are certain players out of form? Why are they? Why can't they pass to each other? Why? Um, why do we need Joffrey Gelhart to, to come off the bench and Somerville to, to save the game? So as part of that is Rafinha getting um, knackered by a player who should have been sent off. I've seen the film Misery and you know we did advocate you know, I was in the run-up to this this game saying that I was prepared to accept injuries to Calvin <laughs> and Rafinha but only at the end of the season so they can, we can keep them like mm. you know, Misery when she broke the writer's legs mm. to keep him. Well the one benefit with... Uh, I'm not saying we should break the legs by the way. If Rafinha's injured now you kind of hope because Norwich, like I said, we're going to beat them 8-0. And then who have we got after Norwich? It's uh, Leicester at home. Leicester, that's a tough one. International break. And then it's international it. break. So we can cope with it without him for Leicester if it means he doesn't go off to Brazil um, and have a nice time. Because I don't want him to. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> ruined the last... Because uh, he could have he done things at Southampton. Mm. Um, I, I think the, the decision not to play him was probably... Um, I mean, you saw what happened to him today and imagine if he had played at Southampton he's out for six months and, you know, it, it would be a terrible, dark, awful thing. 
But um, it'll be kind of annoying if he's out for a, a long time again on this mm. because, and again, a player has got away with it because there was the Fernandinho one at the end of last season where he absolutely just battered him and got it just got over the yellow and yeah. like no, under the amount of force in that, I don't see how a ref isn't seeing that as a red. And again, today didn't even get a second yellow for it. It's like yeah. people seem to just and largely get away with absolutely twatting him and strikes a straight red. Yeah, mm. uh, which was a really good tackle yeah. in like 99 times out of 100 that is just seen as a really good tackle you've got to remember as well during all this period of bad form that nice things just don't happen to Leeds mm. and we've had a lot of nice things we got promoted and we we outplayed ourselves last season so this is kind of um, the cosmos and the universe correcting itself but hold on a minute who let Leeds do well let's stop this but then um, we are getting those promises of a, a nice uh, future because we keep saying Let's say nice things about Gelhart. So, um, do you want to reprise how you were reading out his um, post-match interview to us before? <laughs> in, <laughs> well, what do you mean? in Connor Cody's voice, in Scouse, in his Scouse voice, that would be a nice thing to do. To well, he's got. I tell you, the high the high praise comes from Lloyd Sam, who um, retweeted the club's uh, thing with some double flame emojis. That mm-hmm. makes a, a big difference from when Lloyd Sam was uh, tweeting about. Um, I think it was a soapy finger up the bum while having a wank. <laughs> Somebody had stolen his phone on when which, he was back on, at Leeds. On which note? This was just before Simon Grayson's uh, um, Twitter ban. I think it, everybody pins it on uh, David Sommer tweeting that he'd uh, done his knee ligaments. I think there were, there were a few incidents building up to that. Um, and uh, I found those screenshots of Floyd Sam's tweets. Um, when somebody robbed his phone a little while ago. So it's good to see he's still bravely tweeting. <laughs> I was pleased Gellhart did well, though, because there's been a lot of pressure on him because people have seen how great he's been in the 23s. And then when he's come on, he came on at Fulham in the Cup when it had all become disjointed. He came on at Southampton when we were getting absolutely destroyed. The crowd audibly lifted today, and I, I thought, oh, don't do that, you're putting yeah. pressure on him. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the thing, because then it looked like the same might happen today, because... Yeah. He barely, he just didn't get any service and he barely touched the ball for like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. And then the last, well, it was, they were all within the last five minutes, weren't they? His his magical moments, pretty much, when he was just, he just decided to get the ball. It kind of click, it clicked for him, didn't everyone. it? He just realised, I think everybody, like I said, that the crowd at 70 minutes lifted. Everyone realised this is the leagues we recognise and it fell into place for the players as well. I, I, I was trying to figure out in this game whether we needed the crowd to lift the fan, uh, the players, sorry, or the players to lift the, the fans. And it kind of just sort of happened as a natural cycle. But... It's always a bit of both, isn't it, with these things? You get, you need, you need something to cling to sometimes, like in the many dreadful years of um, the Championship and League One, there were some games where there was so little happening on the pitch and there was no one providing any sort of spark that the crowd was a bit like, well, they can't be asked. Yeah, <laughs> the knock and I. But they could frankly. be out, and, and they, they put everything into it. And you saw them; a few of them slump at full time to the turf again. I think probably out of frustration because that chance didn't go in at the end, and they, they probably had a sniff of the victory. But um, it was nice just to see everything that they put on the line, their bodies, the effort um, rewarded, at least to a certain degree, with a penalty. It's, uh, I think it, it feels like a much happier place tonight, doesn't it? There's a certain there's that electricity back, and that's what that kind of clicked for me at about seventy minutes. All you have to do is give Leeds United a penalty, and it's so rare as well mm. so um, that's what part of the kind of the the turn it's um, it's got that Brentford after Nottingham Forest feeling from the, the championship as well hasn't it where we didn't go there and blitz Brentford and didn't even win and the first thing that happened in that game was Kiko Casilla letting the ball run under his foot so mm. that what's his face from Brentford could have an easy goal which um, Calvin Phillips in his post-match interview said uh, 
he was asked what he thought in that moment. He went, oh, yeah, here we go again. Um, but they came back, Liam Cooper header, and looked, and by the end of that game, looked like the old Leeds, even though they didn't win. And then didn't we go on a run of like, I, I don't think we lost a game since. <laughs> we haven't. Uh, well, that, we've, we've gone long, listen, so let's, uh, let's wrap it up. We couldn't pick this all up through the week. Uh, the show's going to be a day later, isn't it? Because we've got the Arsenal game, so... By which time we'll have lost again, so all this positivity <laughs> will be gone. This is the last time we'll speak to you happy. And you're at a wedding, aren't you? I'm at a wedding on Monday, yeah. Too, so. yeah, um, yeah, on Monday. Travelling back on Tuesday, but we'll uh, we'll convene to watch the Arsenal game. Should we do a match ball? Maybe, let's see. Let's see, let's see. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, just a reminder, if you are a TSB Plus subscriber, you can watch the stream. Um, if you go to the watch tab on the website, the, the button there, the page is there. With the video on, uh, otherwise it you might be, even be doing it now. It'll be posted onto YouTube as well and released a little while after, along with the podcast as well. Priority access to the match ball with TSB Plus. Oh, I'm going to go sit, have a sit down. I think I'm, to, I'm sat down now, but I can, I can, I can, I can watch match down. of the day now. Yeah, I want to see what happened at Everton because that was weird, wasn't it? Saying wasn't it? Anyway, we'll um, we'll catch you in a bit. The match ball. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 